Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Chew. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I am joined by Mr. Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. Sean, we're at episode 100, we've made it to the milestone, we've been on our way over the last couple of weeks, doing two shows a week in the off-season, keeping that content going for the listeners out there. Of course, the NFL draft this year, a little bit different, no uh, pro days and things like that, but still a huge amount to talk about, so we've been really covering that over the last few weeks on today's show we are going to have a couple of guests dropping by not exactly guests in the the normal sense of the word some clips that have been sent in by some of the the road of his ogs including peter Overset, davis maddock ben gretch pat corain and matthew freeman we're going to be getting their takes some bold predictions on this rookie uh, crop i guess a little too early for bold predictions but can you ever be too early that is the question but we are at episode 100 sean it's been a lot of fun recording all those shows we had a guest on episode 99 earlier in the week curtis patrick we're averaging around about three guests or a guest every 35 shows so maybe in another uh, month or so we might have somebody on depending on how things are going but uh it's, it's been a lot of fun recording each of those shows uh, including that one with curtis this this uh earlier this week but sean episode 100 uh it's been it's been a fun ride it has been it's been an absolute blast and when episode 100 comes at the perfect time like you mentioned there's no better time for fantasy football than may than rookie drafts certainly we've had that nfl draft and now uh everyone is out to their nfl rookie draft festivities and like you mentioned we haven't had a lot of guests on the show but we wanted to do something special for show 100 and these five guys uh there are five people who were instrumental in the development of rotoviz either on the radio side or on the site side they're also five of my very favorite people and you mentioned bold predictions i don't think there are five more interesting or entertaining people in the entire fantasy industry than the five guys we have today so i'm excited to to hear what they have to say excited for their bold clips their rookie draft predictions so let's jump into it yeah we're going to jump into it and i guess just this is off script sean uh, i don't know if you have seen it i've certainly been watching it uh, non-nfl non-fantasy football related have you been watching the the last dance with uh, michael jordan I, I have not been watching. I have been reading a little bit about it. I saw some <laughs> of the uh, controversy yesterday. I grew up as a, as a little kid. I was a huge Isaiah Thomas fan. And so certainly lots of different things going on there. And uh, Michael Jordan, probably the greatest uh, sports figure of the last 50 years. So uh, certainly a, a way to fill the time, I think, with, with one of the absolute legends. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, I, I'm not a big basketball fan. I, I rarely ever watch basketball, but obviously MJ, everyone everyone knows the, the superstardom that comes with him. But just amazing uh, story behind the scenes and the way, obviously nowadays you have uh, people with cameras everywhere back then, just not quite as similar. So the access that they had at that time, it's it's really uh, an amazing show so far, six uh, shows down. So any of the listeners out there that haven't listened or yourself, Sean, who haven't watched it, I would be recommending uh, jump on the board to get some of those episodes just fun stories but on today's show i guess we'll be having some fun stories or fun takes as uh, we get the guys jumping on here in just a moment but we have had episode 100 as as we said on the previous shows marking that occasion we're giving away 10 one month subscriptions to rotaviz.com if you are a subscriber we'll add one month to that subscription if you're not a subscriber we'll add a one month subscription to let you test the tools test all the articles see what you like and i'm pretty confident it'll be uh, for the long term if you do jump aboard with one of those one month subscriptions all you have to do is written review the podcast on your favorite podcast app uh, give us that five star review we'll be happy to help the podcast we'll be happy to get one month added on so 10 uh, winners will be announced over the next week or so giving you time to get entered hit us up with those five star written and reviews let's jump into the clips i guess uh the first clip we're going to have rolling up here is going to be peter overset peter i find is one of the funniest guys to, to listen into to get his thoughts uh who obviously you can find on twitter at peter overset uh he's up on roto grinders four for four football you can find him pretty much anywhere one off uh as you mentioned sean earlier the guys involved heavily uh in road of his radio for a long time you know uh, we'll be talking as well about pat Corrine and the short time but you know fantasy land was a, a massive success for rotoviz radio and uh, two of those guys uh, with matthew freeman behind the scenes getting all that good stuff put out one of my favorite series that we've ever done but peter's going to come on here he's going to talk a little bit uh, i guess about rookie running backs we haven't listened to the clips yet we're going to be listening to this live as you also are so we'll let them t- we'll let peter talk and then we'll be back with our thoughts in just a little moment column sean Congratulations on 100 episodes. I am here to celebrate with a scorching hot take. Okay, so here you go. I've been doing all of these rookie drafts like everyone else, and I'm looking at some of this ADP, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on? Okay, because I hear two prevailing sentiments. One of them is, this is a generational wide receiver class similar to 2014, and I'm inclined to agree with that sentiment. But then on the other hand, I hear, you gotta draft running backs because of the immediate production, okay? So what we're seeing now are four to five running backs, often five running backs, going ahead of the cream of the crop of a generational class, CeeDee Lamb. And Jerry Judy, and I personally, for a lack of a better word, think that's batshit insane, okay? So here's my hot take to back up what I'm saying. I will say not a single rookie running back will finish the 2020 redraft season as a top 20 running back in PPR scoring, okay? I'm going out on a limb and saying that because if you are drafting these running backs ahead of the wide receivers for immediate production— and they don't give you that immediate production, then you should have just drafted the wide receiver in the first place. All right. I just wanted to celebrate. Um, I'll get some cake and I'll sit down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got, I, I, I lost it. And it's your guys's birthday party, not mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess, uh, you know, anyone out there that knows Peter, I guess, 
probably exactly what people would expect from Peter, but always funny, always insightful, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. But Sean, as I gather my bearings after uh, <laughs> after that scorching hot take, as he called it, um, what, what's your thoughts there? And I know for a fact that some of these takes are going to be hitting in different directions, so we probably have to gauge how we're going to react to this one versus how we're going to react to some later in the show. Yeah, so... Pete is awesome, right? And he's been causing problems for me in my rookie drafts because he seems to know what's going on, right? And and that's the last thing that you want in your draft is to have people in there who are actually valuing the players correctly. So when I try to to go in there and get those uh, undervalued wide receivers, and it's not just that the wide receivers are going in sort of a weird spot of the draft, but they're also going in a weird order within the wide receiver position. Pete keeps getting in there and taking the guys who are these astronomical values. And that's frustrating because, you know, if you can go in there with a, an early second round pick and get one of the top five guys in what is a pretty loaded draft, then that's a great value. Pete has been stealing a few of those from me. Uh, there are a few things to unpack here, right? And we talked about this a little bit in episode 99 with Curtis. I talked a little bit with Davis on, on his show last week about this and it's weird because this is a loaded wide receiver draft i do think that part of what's going on is that it's more the depth than the real top end sort of production from the wide receivers we even saw during the nfl reality draft that lamb and judy while very good prospects and i think especially lamb is is more or less bulletproof uh judy could end up being the best player there but there are some tiny red flags that might give you a little bit of concern they don't have the size speed profiles that make them a calvin johnson or an andre johnson or a julio jones and as a result they weren't even the top guys taken in the reality draft and they don't have this huge separation perhaps from the rest of the guys and so you look at that and you contrast that to the running backs or maybe the running back position is thinner but perhaps there is a generational prospect there we talked a little bit about jonathan taylor he's now not necessarily going number one because of what the chiefs did with clyde edwards alaire and so there's a lot of, of, I think, justifiable, not necessarily controversy, but but difference of opinion on where these guys should be going. And perhaps it is a situation where you want to take the top running backs. And then, especially if you have multiple picks in a draft, then you can attack wide receivers later. On the other hand, Pete's point about if you're not going to get that rookie year production, then you simply shouldn't be targeting this position that we know if you go and participate in a startup, right, it's going to be very, very different. Now, you are going to have that first round that is somewhat running back heavy because there is this very small group of running backs that actually do have the value that they can set your team. You can have a foundational guy. But then once you get past that, the running backs fall because people know the value just isn't there compared to wide receivers well that should be happening in rookie drafts too unless you think these guys are going to go and be part of that group that's the top you know six or seven guys in all of fantasy football so we look at these running backs we look at some of these draft positions if you're not seeing best in fantasy football value from them then certainly in a season where 
rookies may be challenged to have the normal impact anyway if they're not going to get as much of an opportunity to be integrated into the team as quickly they're not going to get the same amount of practice or experience as early on then yeah i mean why are these running backs going so early column well, I can. I am always of that mindset. You know, I I love to get the wide receivers in. Um, in this particular class, we obviously talked for a couple of months about how good kind of the the top end of the the wide receiver market was. Obviously, the Lanton spots then maybe aren't ideal. I think I'm growing on them a lot more over the last week or so since the draft, having that time for it to kind of to percolate and you know make those kind of. Uh, evaluations over time but i think with the running backs it becomes a situation where you mentioned running back value in dynasty unless you're a real top tier running back dissipates quite quickly and can happen very rapidly so even somebody like a devon singletary who i've been super high on all off season uh you know before the draft i was um you know trying to move first round picks to get him on board and then we see a situation where zach moss comes in and dents that value very very quickly and you know it could be a case come week six or week seven of the season zach moss could potentially have overtaken him uh, and then you're looking at a situation where i would have given up maybe uh, at the time maybe a 108 pick uh, i think that was what we talked about on the show pre-draft and then you know zach moss can be got later than that so you'd be better off keeping your rookie pick and picking up the guy who ends, ends up being the starter so i do think the value dissipates very quickly but the interesting thing is going to be i do know that davis's take is going to be running back related it's going to be the top end of that running back uh, chart that's all i do know at this point but davis whose show you were on last week um the take cast um is coming up with the next one you can follow davis on twitter at davis maddock uh, and of course you can find his work as well at sports grid but we're going to have a take here it's uh going to be a little bit of talk on clyde edwards hilaire and uh, let's get let's get uh, davis's take on on what we maybe should be doing with those running backs especially the guy who's landed in kansas city hi guys i think that in 2020 clyde edwards hilaire is going to essentially join the top tier of running backs i think that in 2021 we are very likely to think of him in the same league as christian mccaffrey dalvin cook ezekiel elliott alvin kamara and i think the reasons for that are pretty clear he is going to be playing in the best offense in the nfl we are seeing uh, a devalued amount of workhorse running backs in the nfl so you know we just have fewer than ever running backs who are going to accumulate 300 touches edwards hilaire should get most of his usage in the passing game and we think that he probably is going to have a really heavy role near the goal line for again the best offense in football. Patrick Mahomes asked for him by name to the GM, Brett Veach. This is the highest pick that Andy Reid has ever used on a running back. And not only did he say that he is comparable to uh, Brian Westbrook, he actually said, Andy Reid did, that that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is better than Brian Westbrook. So we have a quarterback favorite in the best offense in football. His only competition is Damian Williams, who will be a unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Everything pretty much wrapping up for a uh, a storm, for a perfect storm for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to take the fantasy football world by storm. Uh, let me know your thoughts, guys. So, Sean, we uh, mentioned a moment ago about the maybe the overvalue in the running backs. Uh, it's hard really to argue with the way Dav- Davis has put those words together. Very good argument in terms of uh, jumping aboard, uh, you know, and and really making that investment. Uh, I know, obviously, we talked with Curtis uh, earlier in the week, and you know, uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor still the the running back, obviously. Um, that you have, you know, your eyes kind of set on at the running back position. But what's your thoughts on the argument uh, made there by by Davis? well it's it's awesome to hear the enthusiasm there on our new chiefs running back 
And you can certainly see a scenario where he becomes some sort of unholy hybrid between Christian McCaffrey and Priest Holmes, right? If you take Christian McCaffrey, put him in an offense that's going to score say twice as many points and has those opportunities down by the goal line, then suddenly you're looking at the potential of one of the greatest running backs in all of fantasy football history. We got to see that a little bit for those couple of years of Priest Holmes before he suffered the devastating injuries. Uh, what, what you can have if you have the perfect running back for the system in an offense that just scores a ton of points. Now, I think the question here is just how athletic Edwards Alaire actually ends up being and you know where he is in terms of NFL running backs. But certainly you think about what Kareem Hunt did with the Chiefs. They like Edwards Alaire better. He probably has more upside, is even a better fit for what they want to do offensively. And with this team now controlling and having even a little bit better defense you're possibly going to have more running back touches now some of those will be lower value touches but if you look at a guy who could have 70 80 you know maybe 90 receptions and 20 plus touchdowns we've talked a lot about how he doesn't necessarily have the comparisons to the real top end guys but his athletic profile is very similar to aaron jones for example who we just saw have 19 touchdowns last season in an offense that is good but not quite like what the chiefs can do so while i have a little bit of skepticism i certainly think that if they had picked jonathan taylor then you'd be looking at a situation where you have basically saquon barkley with the chiefs uh maybe this is even better maybe this is christian mccaffrey now a poor man's christian mccaffrey mccaffrey has abilities as an nfl player that really just we we haven't seen before you have to go back to a marshall falk type of guy and mccaffrey probably even has athletic abilities that falk himself didn't have right so you're not going to get that same talent level but you're going to have a, a similar back stylistically who is absolutely perfect for fantasy football so if someone wants to take him number one overall in rookie drafts i have no problem with that whatsoever i agree with you there the one part is like you mentioned there if jonathan taylor had been the back that ended up in kansas city like this has been the team that we've been saying over the last kind of 12 18 months if you get a running back that gets in there with a three down roll it is just a fantasy league winner um, and the situation just maybe not the guy that we were hoping to get in there but there's no doubt that the situation that he finds himself in is a very very primed one for fantasy football purposes for putting up those ppr points for just everything in general that you want from a high scoring fantasy running back the thing that uh, davis mentioned that i i really do agree with is he mentioned about the shortage of work horse backs and basically now if you have a a running back in your fantasy lineup that's in a committee of two running backs you're almost in a good situation whereas you know maybe six seven years ago we were looking at very established running backs on a number of teams where you could really have that top end so if it's a case where it all goes right for him and things click into gear like this could just be uh the 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 highest end upside and you know obviously you mentioned that christian mccaffrey being a better nfl player but it's very hard to argue that christian mccaffrey's in a better situation than uh edwards alaire finds himself now with the chiefs in that offense so um very good point and it's good it's good there that we get kind of a take from both sides of the the spectrum in terms of the running backs but um looking forward to seeing how it shakes out for edwards alaire and uh just uh I wish it was Jonathan Taylor that landed in, in KC, but that, that's not the case. But uh, let's get into uh, another three clips coming up right after this short commercial break. 
With currently no NBA, NHL or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL like myself and Sean, no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. I've seen a lot of people even streaming these on YouTube and uh, you know getting involved then on the action uh, over at Bet Online. So do get involved. It's a, it's a lot of fun it's not quite the nfl but it's uh, another way to get that fix you can either bet on survivor big brother american idol and the stock market uh, and it's all open 24 hours a day and all online use the promo code blue wire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution i also want to tell you about our friends over at blue chew are you trying to last a little bit longer or go a few extra rounds in the bedroom? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They have the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost and once approved, your are ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's a great deal for you guys as a loyal podcast listener visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code bluewire just pay the five dollar shipping again that's bluechew.com first order free bluechew.com promo code bluewire so Sean, we'll jump straight into clip number three. Uh, I guess when we we're going through the guests, we we had Davis a moment ago, one of the elusive first. He was actually the, the first or second guest because we've only had three, but Davis was on the show previously. The other guest outside of Curtis Patrick is Ben Gretsch, and he's coming up with the next take. So obviously you can find him on Twitter at Yards Per Gretsch and also at CBS Sports. But I'm going to jump on, let him see what his take is. So uh, welcome back, Ben. Hey guys, happy to give you my bold prediction for the 2020 season, and that is LaVisca Chenault will lead all rookie wide receivers in 2020 fantasy points. The Jaguars are already talking about using him in creative ways, and we know that works well with Chenault's uh, college production, but his receiving production also speaks to more upside than just a gadget player. I kind of see him as a cross between Debo Samuel and maybe a poor man's A.J. Brown, and I think he's a perfect complement to D.J. Chark and a perfect fit for Gardner Minshew, whose average throw depth as a rookie was 24th lowest out of 26 quarterbacks with at least 400 dropbacks. I think Chanel could really rack up the short area targets, do a lot after the catch, and actually lead a, a really exciting rookie class this season. What do you guys think? So, Sean, that was Ben Gretsch talking about LaVisca Chenault, the situation down in Jacksonville and how things are going to shake out there this season. I know we're both big fans of Chenault pre-draft and post-draft and... As I just uh, say that, I've just seen here the next clip up, also going to be going the way of Mr. Chenault, and uh, it's going to be none other than Pat Corain of Establish the Run. I mentioned earlier in the show with uh, Peter Overzet, you know, the great work that they did uh, all the way back with the Fantasyland podcast, and being a, a stellar part of Rotoviz Radio from the very, very uh, beginning, well, for a very, very long time indeed, anyway. Uh, Rotoviz Radio host uh, at one point. Uh, in time and uh, good to have him back aboard the show so i mentioned i like chenault i'm hoping that he's going to have some more positive takes here and we'll be back just after this to, to get sean's takes on mr chenault hey guys i think lavisca chenault will be a second round starter pick in 2021 here's why the jaguars have signaled that they plan to use chenault in multiple roles 
And in the slot, his competition is D.D. Westbrook. Westbrook has 31.5 fantasy points under expected since entering the league. He's wide receiver 331 in FPO over the last three years. Chenault averaged over seven yards after the catch per reception at Colorado. In the backfield, Leonard Fournette has left 39.5 fantasy points on the field since entering the league. His total efficiency at running back ranks 236 since 2017. He's bested only ultra plotters Peyton Barber and Carlos Hyde and the late career versions of LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gord, LeGarrette Blunt, and Doug Martin. Chenault, meanwhile, has seven career rushing touchdowns and is coming off back-to-back seasons of 100-plus rushing yards. On the outside, Chenault likely just needs to be better than Chris Conley, who ranks wide receiver 360 in fantasy points over expected since entering the league and who has never had a top 50 season in FPO. Chenault's college production looks like a future star with the second highest career market share among 2020's early to clear wide receivers. So Chenault is set up to put on a show in Jacksonville's offense as a jack-of-all-trades, master of all. In 2021, Westbrook, Fournette, and Conley are all unrestricted free agents as well. Chenault's year two projected role could be enormous. Chenault is often compared to Corderell Patterson as a negative, but after his rookie season, Patterson was drafted in the early third round of startup drafts ahead of 2014's 101 Sammy Watkins. Right now, rookie drafters are concerned about Chenault's injury history, which is depressing his ADP. But Jay Ajayi dropped to the fifth round of the NFL draft with a degenerative knee condition, and two years later, he was a top 20 startup pick after just one good season. This is just one of many such examples where dynasty drafters quickly forget their previous injury. According to Rotovis's Dynasty ADP app, Chenault isn't even going in the top 100 pick, so your profits stand to be enormous if my prediction comes true that Chenault will be a second-round startup pick in 2021. Colm, Sean, can't wait to hear your thoughts. So I guess Pat coming in there with uh, a little bit more love uh, for Chenault after Ben Gretsch, and uh, I have to say, Sean, I was kind of getting into it before we went to that second clip, uh, you know, I really like the landing spot uh, i was hoping talked about potential landing spots before it uh, before the draft i had mentioned still about the jets obviously mems ending up there but uh you know talking off the hype uh pat got me quite hyped there when he was saying that the, the master of all could be uh Chenaldin. he made some very good points there that kind of go back to a little bit like um what peter was saying earlier in the show about the running back value um you know he actually you know jay Ajayi, who is basically uh you know non-existent at this point in terms of uh, the nfl uh that's only a couple of years ago that he jumped up into that uh high kind of startup position he also mentioned a good situation where we had a situation with cardell patterson uh, who was very hyped and although that might not be the best comparison not as where his career has gone obviously was very very highly regarded uh you know after that uh, rookie season so i guess i'll let you take the floor on chenault um happy with the landing spot uh, i guess the one thing i'll say here is it sounds like after ben talked there that or after pat talked that all my uh dd westbrook uh shares are, are dead in the water <laughs> well this is why we asked to have these two guys come on right because i mean they're they're unreal these this is the pick that i think everyone needs to be making and i alluded earlier in the show to the fact that pete is taking my guys and chanel was definitely one of them uh, in terms of the people that he jumped in there and got the value on i mean you're getting a second round pick in superflex on chanel for a guy who like they said could be the number one wide receiver rookie wide receiver this year could be a second round startup pick next year those those certainly are bold takes right so we we have to look at them within that context but 
they're not impossible at all. I mean, these guys have come through with a pick here that is both very provocative and yet right along the lines of, of what we see happen all the time and the, and the way that you win fantasy leagues. So you look at Chenault and uh, some of those comps, I think, certainly bring out the the upside and the downside. One of the things I liked about that Patterson mentioned is that it reminds you that even if the person goes on to not being uh, what we had hoped, that that short-term value spike can be a, a real way to win fantasy leagues. And when we're looking at Chenault, both guys talked about how he could be used in a variety of roles and was used in a variety of roles as a college player. And that brings to mind guys like Patterson, like Tavon Austin, Randall Cobb, Percy Harvin. And so you really break down there where you have a couple of players who had a lot of hype and didn't go anywhere. And then a couple of guys who were excellent fantasy players for a while, certainly injuries, uh, derailed the situation for harvin but was an impact player while he was there really if you could get any of these four guys in with a second round rookie pick then your short-term upside is going to be immense but i love chanel here because his metrics are actually better than those guys that we mentioned now randall cobb did have a fantastic score in the wide receiver prospect lab Uh, goes out there plays with aaron Rodgers, has a bunch of big seasons he might be in some ways the best case scenario uh, from just a pure point scoring position. But both of these guys have mentioned how Chenault with his size and the different roles that he can take. I mean, you hear the Jaguars comparing him to Leonard Fournette and talking about how he's going to be involved in that part of the game as well. Think about what's happened with Fournette over the last couple of weeks and how low the Jaguars seem to be on him. I mean, you could get this sort of hybrid running back wide receiver opportunity for Chenault uh, right off the bat and before the injury stuff came into play before he started to slip a little bit he was actually my number two wide receiver in this class behind cd lamb and i certainly think with the way things are going now some good injury reporting although mostly what we're going to get from people right now is that oh you know the surgery worked out great Uh, that's still really to be proven on the field but if that injury isn't there then I mean, he's he's the number two, number three, perhaps behind Judy guy in this class and his ability to jump back up, right? Because you think about where people had him a year ago. He starts off the season with a couple of big games and suddenly you're looking at someone with the situation that Lamb has himself in where there's going to be a lot of competition there. He starts off the season with a couple of big games and, and then Chenault is clearly the number one guy in this class and you may have gotten him as the sixth, seventh wide receiver off the board. And so I guess, you know, certainly anytime you hear someone say exactly what you want to hear, you're going to be a big fan of it. But I couldn't be more excited about these takes from Ben and Pat. Cullum, maybe you have some other guys within the Jaguars you've liked, and maybe you can be a little bit more of a voice of reason for the three of us. Yeah, well, I can I can like the guys on the Jaguars, and I can also like that this is you know a fantastic pickup option moving forward i was going to say and you kind of you said it there before the injury i think like i think if we have no injury with chenault heading into the draft i think looking at these rankings now he's probably the third like consensus third wide receiver uh, i think that because of the injury the hype maybe died off a little bit um you know and that, that obviously leads to him you know falling down the rankings a little bit but he's somebody who you know in, in any of the drafts i've had an opportunity to pick him up and i've been delighted and I, i'm happy to pick him towards the end of that first round each and every time if, if i have to make that move um i think that 
like you mentioned, if he starts off the season, we have a situation where maybe things do click for the Jaguars and Minshew takes a little bit of a step forward. You have him, uh, and then you obviously have Chark on the other side who can really open things up. If he gets some work out of the backfield, getting those easy uh, PPR points and get those short receptions, you know, I think that there's a real high possibility that come the end of the season, we could be looking at him as the, the number one wide receiver in this classic. You kind of hinted that. Now, I still have the other two guys ahead of him, but I, I definitely think that that's a realistic possibility. I think out of the other positions in the Latin spots off these wide receivers, I think he has a real good shot at, at making a substantial jump here in year one. Uh, you know, I, I, I was all over DJ Chark heading into the draft. I've given up a number of first round picks for Chark, and I'm still very happy with that. I think D.D. Westbrook's the one who's going to miss out, but I think he'll be the third wide receiver on this team, still get opportunities. But I think Chark and Chenault will be the, the lead guys here. Um, you know, D.D. Westbrook may may make it a little bit harder for Chenault um, over those early times, but I think with what's uh, been invested here by the by the Jaguars uh, and Chenault, I think he'll overtake Westbrook at, at you know an early point. But the the Jaguars, for for all the you know talk we've had of Fournette and how much we've kind of disliked what they've done and how they've probably overused him over the last uh, season or two seasons I, I think the wide receiver crop that they have there is getting pretty good and I know we've talked about their tight end a couple of times but I, I think the, the 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 wide receivers here have a really shot based on there's not a huge amount then behind those three guys that I mentioned um, I, I think like you know with Marquise Lee getting released uh, and then going to the Patriots gives a gives a nice amount of targets to go around for those three guys and uh, Chark and then whoever can be the number two which I think will be Chenault um, kind of a, a real high ceiling with that in mind. Uh, the last one Sean to jump in here is Matthew Freeman uh, of Road of His Hall of Fame I guess we'll, we'll call it. Uh, currently of the Action Network, the, the co-host with Dave Cabin of the Road of His flagship show. If you have been following him on Twitter over the last uh, week or so at Matt F. The Oracle, uh, there's been a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn uh, conversation going on in that uh, Matt Freeman feed so uh, there is a little bit of Keyshawn Vaughn talk about to happen here on the Road of His Overtime podcast. So let's uh, jump into what Matt had to say. Everyone knows that Keyshawn Vaughn is better than Ronald Jones. But what this recording presupposes is maybe he isn't? I just got to say, it's my bold take. And honestly, it shouldn't be this bold. But based on the hysteria surrounding Keyshawn Vaughn on Twitter, it actually might be bold. My bold take is that Keyshawn Vaughn is not going to have a thousand yards from scrimmage in 2020. He's not going to have double digit touchdowns in 2020, which means that he most certainly should not be drafted in rookie drafts as if he is someone who will outperform Ronald Jones. I just have to say, we, we shouldn't assume that he's actually better than Ronald Jones. I know it's popular on Twitter to put these stats out there to compare the two. Let's compare the two on an apples to apples basis in terms of what they did at similar ages in college. Ronald Jones was better as a recruit. He was better as a freshman, better as a sophomore, better as a junior. As a junior, he had almost 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns at 20 years old. While Keyshawn Vaughn was a redshirt, didn't do anything. We should not assume that Keyshawn Vaughn is actually the superior player. He will not, will not do what Ronald Jones did last year, which is have a thousand yards from scrimmage. Keyshawn Vaughn will disappoint. 
pretty strong there from Matt uh, for anyone following his Twitter over the last week or so. Uh, not to be expected. Um, Sean, I guess Matt is saying that uh, Ronald Jones is better than Keyshawn Vaughn. We've both been on the Ronald Jones train for quite some time. Is there still uh, is there still gas left in the tank where we can we can get the the goodness to come out and Ronald Jones leads the way here? Like you know, very valid points there from Matt in terms of the age. Um, you know, a lot of people get obsessed with kind of the shiny new toy or the rookie player coming in. Oh, this rookie's gonna be so good. The landing spot's great, but when you look like Matt has done at what has happened in college at the current age as they are now, how things are going uh, when you break it all down like that, it's hard to argue against Ronald Jones. With what Ronald Jones has done over his first couple of seasons, I guess I wouldn't couch it in the terms of it's hard to argue against Ronald Jones because it's pretty easy <laughs> to argue against Ronald Jones. And we say that as as Ronald Jones fans. This is a let's forget it. Let's forget about that rookie season. <laughs> this is this is a fascinating depth chart, I think, because for me, the draft raised the value of both of these guys significantly, right? We talk in zero running back terms all the time about how you want to have a situation where it could break hugely in your favor because the value could shift very very quickly both of these guys could go out now and have big seasons ronald jones dodged all of the stars right that should be the number one headline in terms of the buccaneers and this reality draft he dodged the stars he dodged dobbins dodged swift i mean these are guys who were very reasonable landing spots in terms of where they were in the draft what they needed how this could have played out i mean he could be done and instead he is competing with someone coming in with exactly like what matt said who is not remotely competitive with him from the perspective of adjusted production from an experience standpoint and an age standpoint in college it's easy to forget just how awesome ronald jones was and why he was such an early pick of the buccaneers and i think this goes back to what pete was saying in our first clip which is that it's not a no-brainer that these guys are going to work out we go back to that 2018 draft and you know you have some hits you have certainly saquon barkley as this ultimate superstar you have nick chubb who even without the receptions is a very good fantasy player but you also have carry on johnson already now being replaced you have sony michelle who is the 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 very worst possible you know fantasy outcome that you can have there you have ronald jones who looks like a straight bust you have all of these situations where the backs aren't quite what they were anticipated to be and certainly when we look at people who are lesser prospects like a vaughn like a moss like perhaps an aj dylan we have to factor those possibilities into the equation as well now i say that as someone who was a big vaughn fan and have shares of him and thought that this was just a fantastic landing spot for him and i was prepared to make an argument that okay he now has a real opportunity and what i found out was that you don't need to make that argument everybody is making that argument (laughs) and people seem to think that he is a star now great results in dave cabin's research on breakaway rushes and i think that is something that you want in your running backs as they're translated into the nfl if you couldn't make big plays in college you know how are you going to beat these nfl stars he's someone who was involved in the passing game perhaps gives them that i think what people are so excited about here is the possibility that he takes so many of the high value touches 
that even if Jones ends up being the sort of nominal starter, that Vaughn is the most valuable fantasy player. And then as you sort of project that forward, Vaughn becomes more and more involved. This offense may be in year two of Brady. And and we have to assume some things there. We have to assume that Brady is going to be good. This offense will develop with him. The young guys will develop with him. And that maybe he plays even beyond two years. I mean, both the Buccaneers and Brady are like, this could go on forever. I mean, why couldn't I just play until, you know, we've got the cloning processes and whatnot to where people can play 50 60 70 i mean that's obviously an exaggeration but if you're looking at brady playing for a while there then i think you can be really excited about vaughn long term however you also have to be excited about jones because he finished out last season on the verge of a breakout he's a a younger guy still than jones i mean than vaughn and he's a fantastic athlete so if we have a situation where suddenly there are some holes suddenly the entire offense is clicking suddenly you don't have to pass 60 times because uh, in the first half Jameis Winston has already thrown four interceptions then you've got a guy who could absolutely explode and so with the prices that Vaughn is going at I mean, he's still someone you want to acquire it's just a matter of how much can you realistically pay but you should be buying Ronald Jones everywhere right now because even if it doesn't work out it was a good risk reward play and those are the types of guys that you want to get in fantasy yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the the reward play is the the Ronald Jones play, and I think if you're going and you at this point in time, due to the hype, you're definitely overpaying on Vaughn. Now, Meeson definitely overpaying. Maybe he goes and ends up as a top uh, twelve wide receiver this year. You know that wouldn't be an overpay, but I, I think that there's enough uh, fight left in Jones that I don't think he's going to be the one that just breaks away. But it's going to be a fascinating scenario because, it, like you said, if Tom Brady is what we expect from Tom Brady over the last couple of years like there's there's different thought processes on how good he was last year for example versus how bad that offensive unit was in general um was that what we're going to see from tom brady this year or are we going to see uh, a major improvement with the offensive weapons around him so it's gonna be very i think i think tampa bay is gonna be a very uh, interesting kind of case study this year because you're going into a situation too where we may not be having a full off-season program we may be having no off-season program uh for these guys to get equipped with uh, tom brady and get things going that way so the, i think the rookie uh, will have a slight disadvantage because of that if they don't have those reps together because i think it'll fall the way of jones and then i think also for that offense to be striking all cylinders i think that's quite important with the quarterback change in offense so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens down in tampa but that's going to do it for today's show as we mentioned earlier in the show that the clip's a lot of fun i have to say thanks to all the guys with peter Overzet, david maddox ben gretch uh, pat Crane, and matthew freeman thanks to the guys for sending those and a lot of fun reacting to them thanks to sean for being a, a great part of the show great co-host here over the um, last kind of almost coming up to two years but a lot of fun recording the shows each and every week for your listening pleasure as i mentioned at the start of the show as well still a chance to get yourself that one month free subscription to a road of his nfl pass all you have to do is go and leave us a written and a review on your favorite podcast app uh, we will be drawing those then out over the next kind of week or so so do get involved drop us that five star review and thanks very much for that in advance um as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to martin joined by sean siegel with more phenomenal work on up uh, each and every day basically up on the road of his site head on over and check all that out but until we're back next week with another show have a good one 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>